What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with my boy, Nicky. Hello. What's up, everybody? Nick, but yes. like last week, it was just one person. Now we have a tr- fucking trio with us right now. Right. We have the organizers of Free Play Florida. We have Leon Essex, Brandon Speck, and Jason Williams. What up, guys? Hi, hey. everybody. Hey, everybody. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. So... If people don't know, Free Play Florida is one of the largest pinball and retro gaming conventions across the nation and is being blessed in Orlando almost every year. I don't even know for God knows how long. So this year is going to be on November 18th through the 20th at the Caribe Royale Orlando. And just to kick it off, the reason I knew about you guys uh, was through one of my mutual cousins that he took me to the event. I loved it so much that I think in 2017, I volunteered. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So I volunteered. I had a great time. I I met some people. I met one of my, uh, one of our friends that was here last week, Kent, and he got me into the nerd music. And I was like, I met the people from them and it just grew from there. And I think I went like a few years after that and then COVID hit, but now we're back at it stronger than ever. So, so I got to ask, cause I was looking at your event. How can I get it? How can I get into the International Video Game Hall of Fame? I want to be an inductee, <laughs> but I want to have like the lowest score possible to get well, inducted. Well, we just said that everybody who's in, been inducted into the Walter Bay card ceremony and stuff like that, they, they're not all like, they're not all high score no. individuals. So there's plenty of people who've been inducted into that Hall of Fame that are just people who contributed to the video game history community um, and and it, and it's worked their way to kind of enhance the culture. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Myself, my, by the way, myself included, I have a Walter Day card with my wife, Marcy. So awesome. Congrats. Oh, yeah, thank you. Hell yes. How about you guys? Jason, when's, when's your card coming? Hopefully soon, maybe. It'll I don't know. I'm, I'm still relatively new with the event. I've only been with Free Play for a few years now and everything like that. So I'm still trying to find out that tithing section to get uh, work my way up on the raffle for being chose. So <laughs> if I figure that out, I'll let you know. Uh, let us know. We'll throw a huge ceremony for that. How about you, Leon? Well, well, back, yeah. when, <laughs> <laughs> back when I started, uh, you had to get beaten in like a gang. And uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so I gotta ask. So when you go to other conventions, like yo, what rep do you set? What rep do you set? Like <laughs> I'm wearing the reds, man. I'm the reds. Uh, I don't, you know, I have a card. I don't know. It, it's not really mine personally. Uh, it was a group of us, and um, I, I do have it. It's stashed away, and uh, but it was it's, it's probably been seven, eight years, I guess, somewhere around there. So it's been a little while, but uh, yeah, I was very, I was very honored for sure. Oh no, that is that yeah. is a that is an honor, and plus because we all love video games and everything with that. So I should say to Leon, Leon really deserves all the accolades we can give him because he was one of the people who really started free play florida oh hell yeah thank you man i appreciate it well it wasn't just me i mean there was there was a a crew uh three other three other gentlemen that um you know we started if i think back i want to say it was 2011 i think was the first incarnation of the show and uh there was three others involved and over the years we brought in some other people some other talent and then it grew 
and it continued to evolve into what we know as today as, as free play Florida. So um, it was, it was an evolution and uh, it definitely didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of growing pains, uh, but yeah, they, they deserve credit too. But yeah, I guess I, if you, yeah, I was, I was one of the original um, He's founding OG. members. Yeah. He's, yeah. OG. He's an OG gangster. Yeah. <laughs> we we should get you one of the the original Nintendo NES's controller as a belt buckle, and just have it. Oh, yeah, that or a funny hat. I mean, everyone loves to see me. Uh, you know, wear weird stuff. So yeah, that I, I'm good with any of that. Good belt buckle hat. Yeah, sure. Belt buckle hat. Yo, now that you're talking about belt buckles and hats, I know you're throwing your first ever cosplay contest at free play, yeah. which. Yeah is something that i know a lot of people talk about in orlando is a huge community so that's great to bring bring other people that from different genres or different uh areas of the fandom bringing them in not only gaming but cosplays itself as a whole and i have to ask and i usually ask when people throw conventions is there any cosplay that you're mostly anticipating to show up or to present at a, at a video most likely a video game because it covers a lot of area I got the perfect gonna, one in mind to continue. What's up? What's up? I was going to jump in and just say probably like, you know, if you think about from like the, the, the most like complex down to easiest, like someone dressing up as say like a Mario brother, right? Or something yeah. like that. It's really simple and everything. But funny enough, being this is the first year we've had the cosplay contest, we've always had cosplayers at the event and everything, yeah, with, you yeah. know, with uh, Guardians of Justice, who's another nonprofit out here in Central Florida. But some fans will show up. So like last year we had guys that and, and gals that came up dressing as characters from like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. Yeah. But my favorite, and this is going to date me, is uh, Captain N from the <gasps> Nintendo cartoon. There yeah. was a gentleman that shows up and he got the, the, the light controller. He's got the power glove. And every time I see him, I was like, I got to take photos of this. This is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, um, as far as this year and everything is what's happening with the, the cosplay contest, I'm really hoping that you're going to get some of the, not just retro game, but even some of the modern gaming stuff. You know, we, there's a lot of like prop makers in the area and everything too, uh, uh, with um, CEO Taki, like, you know, what goes on with that and everything too. And then um, Holiday Matsuri, right? Yeah. So like bring in some like, you know, people dress up as characters from, like League of Legends and everything, That'd or like great. Diablo, like that would be rad to see if some of those oh. pop up this year. Or even some Overwatch because... Part, uh, Overwatch 2 just recently came out too. Yeah. That that's yeah. having a blend. I want to see something like that, something weird, like a Zelda Overwatch mashup show and, up. And I, think, I, I think in addition to that, I think not just leaning out of even the cosplay stuff, I think that's something that free play has been experiencing more and more each year. Yeah. Um you've been sure. see, you've been seeing the modern gaming um culture. Because uh, really, when when I started with the event, I mean, I was just a volunteer. Like you had mentioned, you'd volunteer yeah. in events, and I was just a volunteer volunteering in the panel room. And it really was a what you a, a very hardcore pinball arcade, old school arcade event. Um, and and then as time has progressed, you've seen more and more modern gaming make its way into the event, which yeah is something that I think we've always really embraced. And I think. This was the the first year. I mean, Leon came back last year, and this is the first year he came back like hardcore. Stepped in on the on the board of directors and all that stuff. And one of the first things he had said in our our first meeting back was, you know, we are going to give a space for a lot of these creators and cosplayers and stuff. We're going to make a space for these people as long as people are there to own it. 
as long as these volunteers are there to own own it, we're going to make a space for these people. And that's why you see the the the, the cosplay community uh, taking on the whole cosplay cosplay contest this year. Yeah. Um, and, and and so because we've had we've, we're very fortunate to have some people step up and say, hey, we want to see this get bigger at the event. And Leon kind of gave it his his blessing of like, yeah, you can do it if you're willing to own it. You can do it. Oh, that's that's great. I love well, that idea. You know, where you know, and where I, where we came from, you know, when we when we started this, it it, it was strictly pinball. So, you know, year one, I think we had anywhere from sixty five to seventy five pinball machines, and that was it. There was no arcade. There was no, you know, there was was there? Yeah, there was two short panels. There was uh, n- nothing retro. There was nothing uh, computer consoles. None of that. It was strictly pinball. So you know, as we evolved, we evolved and we evolved, we evolved. You know, um, I, I actually, you know, Brandon mentioned it. I actually had to take a break. I had been doing it for I want to say six six straight years, and uh, so I took a break. I came back in, and by the time I came back in, you know, everything had gone like light speed you know i mean there was there was all kind you know there was all kinds of stuff involved and there was people involved and all these creative uh artists and creative minds that were that were completely enveloped in the fpf family so it was it was a wake-up call for me and i really felt it was important that you know we give them the reins like here's the keys to the car you guys want to do that take it start it up and you guys own it and bring it to the show because if we don't continue to you know introduce new things um you know then we're just kind of like a rinse repeat and and at the end of the day you know we want to always introduce some new things because to me the community is 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 evolving just as much as the show so you know cosplay was a huge part of it where um looking at board games down the road maybe even this year i'm not sure we're not quite you know yeah. finished with that but you know we're looking at board games um so you know indie developers were brought in a few years back uh all of these these things um completely reflect our community and to us that is key our community is key right. so uh you know from where i came from from the strictly pinball to where we yeah. are now it's like it's like light years you know yeah. so yeah. we're excited about the cosplay and we're going to see how it does and, and how it's re you know how it's kind of um embraced and uh you know if it's if it's something that people want we'll continue to enter you know bring it bring it to the next level next year and the year after no of course and i think you hit the perfect word for this it would be evolve because like gaming everything evolved from pinball to consoles to pc gaming to ai virtual reality so everything's evolving and i love the fact that you 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 said that like let's see how it goes and next generation next year if, if if it's embraced well and i think that's what it is is like we have that community and, and how Brandon was saying is like, we reach out, there's communities out here or organizations, not profit that are all about that and bringing them in and, and just meshing with indie developers. That would be great if I saw a cosplayer be like, talk to an indie developer and the next year, it's a cosplayer from that indie developer that was there that year that oh, didn't yeah, have a fan awesome. base. Or right, they, right. They, now you're showing appreciation, not only by playing the game, but now like you're a physical appearance perspective or physical being outside of the game that's living there and that's just growing the community with fpf and with even on a one-to-one basis with versus the cosplayer with the game developer and talking about board games 
get D and D in there. I think <laughs> it, get a couple rounds in there, and I think it's gonna skyrocket. And I, and I think one of the things that has not been said that needs to be said is is you know we talk about all these different extensions and the way the the, the project has evolved. It's not it's not an effort of, on our part to reach out to these communities and make it happen. These are these are literally people who experience our events and then say, this is really cool. I want to be a part of this, you know, and, and, and actually both Jason and I can speak to that because both of us were essentially, we experienced the event and then we're like, okay, we want to be a bigger part of it. Same thing with, with, with the cosplay stuff, same thing with the indie development stuff, people come out and experience it and they want to be involved in yeah. some way. Um, and I don't, I think that's relatively unique to free play Florida. I don't know that you get that with every single event. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of other events have to be almost evangelical with finding new avenues to embrace, but we don't have that problem. And it goes to our guests too. Like a lot of the guests we bring out um, and we talk about this quite a bit. Um, we have guests that literally year after year ask us if they can return big name guests that are just like, yeah. we would love to come back. And these yeah. are people who don't need to be hitting they don't need to be going to the event. They've already made their name, they're comfortable in their lifestyle, and yet still year after year want to come back to free play. And I, I admit, I admit that Florida plays a large part in the fact that Florida's <laughs> a awesome place to visit. But I, I yeah. think our, our event speaks for itself in a lot of ways. Oh no, it does. And then you were in, in touching on guests, which was kind of something I wanted to segue with. One of the one of the guests I'm really excited uh, to meet or just to talk to be uh, Warren Davis. He's a co-creator of Qbert. And I just want to tell him that he, I think he's the one that gave me patience in life when I was playing that game. I was, I want to thank him because if it wasn't for him, I don't know how reckless I would be because the control and the patience you have to play that game at like nine, 10 years old and trying to beat it, it's monumental to say the least. I refer to him as a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to spend a lot of time with him at last year's event and everything. And he met my wife and my son and everything like that. And he is one of the most genuine, nice people <sighs> and that I've ever met in my life. And like, you know, like there's always the scenes like, don't meet your heroes. Like you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Like meeting him, like I didn't know I was, I didn't know he was a hero of mine until yeah. I got a chance <laughs> to hang out with him. <laughs> And I mean, after in the after party last year, um, at the end in the night and everything, we're all hanging out. Brandon, myself, and and Warren, my wife, and one of the the artists and everything too. And we did like an escape room that was there at the event last year. And Warren's like, "Oh, I wanted to do this." We're like, "Well, we can lock Brandon up, and you can rescue him." He's like, "Let's do it." So like, that, that's Warren. He's he's. I will say that when you get a chance to meet him, I would be completely shocked if you were disappointed yeah, because he is yeah. one of the nicest gentlemen ever and like i love him. again national treasure I, and and to speak on that i mean you have to anecdotal it has to be said <laughs> i the show coordinators i never had so much jealousy uh from show coordinators i got locked up in a room for a half hour with it was quiet it was peaceful <laughs> and literally like I remember show coordinators, they, they heard about this afterwards, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that sounds absolutely amazing. I'm like, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It was 
it was the, I think honestly, we should do it every event. Like every, every single coordinator has to lock themselves in a room alone for a half yeah. hour just to get themselves. I back. was wondering where you were. I was like, where's Brandon at? Is he it slacking? Where's he at? It was awesome. We, we were like, we're going to rescue. He's like, take the time. I'm good. No, no hurry. Escape room with alcohol yes. by myself. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh my God. Did you, did you rescue him though? We have to ask. Did you? Yes, we did. And I do have some videos. Oh, you do have some. You got to share some videos eventually. You got to see this escape. Like, they came in there to rescue me. I'm like, go away. <laughs> oh, my God. So what are the so what are other guests you're excited about? Because I just need mine uh, off rip. Is there anyone that you're excited to be like, ooh. Howard? Howard. Yeah. All right. So Howard Scott Warshaw is definitely... He's a name amongst names. He's yeah. a very infamous name. There's been many, many, many video game documentaries <laughs> that involves him, right? The thing that I'm most excited about meeting him about is not the fact of that, like, oh, hey, he was responsible for the game that ended up in a landfill. It's the fact that this guy took on the impossible. Yeah. He built, yeah. developed, designed a game and launched it for production in five weeks yeah. wow. and to meet that person and, and everything it to me is just is a highlight right of course it is et and that's one of my favorite things since i was a kid yeah. but to know that like coming from like like <laughs> even my career being in software to meet a man that like built a game launched it and like this thing was like national release in five weeks is something to be said so awesome. I'm, I'm excited to meet him he got the he got the work with steven spielberg so yes yes i i had et by the way oh you did <laughs> i i swear to god i to this day, I will never forget sitting on the floor with my sister and my brother playing that horrendous game. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, in, in, in the, the typical thing where you fall in the hole and you keep falling in the hole. And that literally, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. That literally was us sitting there in Miami at, on the floor. Like, what is going on? How come we can't get anything but this little thing? We can't get it. We can't walk. We can't do it. But yeah, I, I I remember that. And then when I saw the documentary, I'm like, oh my God, that just took me right back. And that's what happened? Is that really why that was that way? So it was like, it was an awakening for me too, because I literally had that game for Christmas. I got that game for Christmas and I had that actual cartridge and I wish I had it today. What's interesting about him though, is like everyone knows that game because of what happened, yeah. right? Like, right, I mean, right. that was kind of the... The, the, what they call the downfall of the gaming, yeah. which is why there was hesitancy. Atari. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, right. Which is why, like, when Nintendo came out, like, it wasn't video games. It was, hey, do you have a Nintendo? Right? Yeah. That's what became synonymous with gaming. But the thing is, also with him, is like, he worked on titles that sold millions mm -hmm. of copies, but everyone well, the... this one situation and everything, too. Also, like, um, you know, looking into some of his history and everything, too, like, he's a, um, he's a therapist yeah. out in Silicon Valley. So it's like, do we, are we going to have like some, you know, game designers or some people with like video game, like working through the churn and burn at EA with PTSD coming to talk to Howard Scott yeah. at the event, you know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> well, that, that's the interesting dichotomy about him is, is, you know, he made what's considered the worst game in history, but he also made the best game in history. Yars Revenge is considered oh, the best game in history. Well, for that era history. Yeah. So, so it's an interesting dichotomy that he was on both ends of the spectrum, and it's almost, it's almost unfortunate because you almost don't know him for Yars' revenge, whereas he should be known for that, yes. as opposed yeah. to ET. But he's only known for ET. I, 
say that. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. right. And right. Course, Steven Spielberg's going to ask the the number one gamer to make his game, especially who else would you of course. Ask if you had to have it done in five weeks? <laughs> five like, weeks, which is not fair to him because there's no way. So, so he was he was he was destined to fail. Yeah, yeah, and it's not his fault. He did the best he could do in five weeks, and like you said, I I challenge anybody to do something in five weeks and have it be as successful as everything else that was going it's on. At the time. Especially the movie. The movie was, was, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously the movie is I, the most, like one of the most iconic yeah. sci-fi movies of all time, uh, especially of that era. So was, it that, playable? was it playable? Yes. Was it enjoyable? Yeah, it was playable. That, you know, he didn't guarantee enjoyment. But could I build playable. it? You can play it. Yes. I got you. Until you got stuck in the hole. It was playable. It was playable. <laughs> I don't know if I would put that on par with Qbert, but and gaming wise, but I I played it once I think, but it's it's rough. Yes, yes, yeah, but yeah. So getting into that, and and I think we were talking about um, Leon was talking about that replaying his visit or revisioning his moments in Miami when he was playing as a kid on the floor. Yeah. 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 And that hit me on. I was like, wow. I remember the, like when you said Nintendo, and I, and I. I'm Hispanic, so my Hispanic family, after Nintendo came out, any state, any PlayStation or console, they was like, oh, you have the new Nintendo. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. But getting into that, I love the fact that you're having consoles across the board. And are you going to have any competition, console competitions into that? So we had, we had a console competition last year. We're still yeah. working on what, what our competitions are going to be looking like this year. Um, and again, it comes, comes down to the scenario that you see with like what we said before, it's, it's, it's the people from the community, what do they want to see at the event? So, so we have some groups that are looking to do some competitions and bring them out to the event. Um, and, and, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to kind of share more details on what that's going to look like. I already um, know what I'm looking forward to bit fighting yeah. hands down. I'm bit all fighting. about fighting game competitions. Yeah. Give yeah. me, give me street fighter two world championship. First Mortal <laughs> Kombat, I'll take you in the first Street Fighter was which was a side scroller, be- barely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love I love fighting games. It's so funny because I have a decent, a healthy, I'll say a healthy collection of, of like some of the classics like Street Fighter and that type of thing. Um, but I'm horrible at them. I'm literally trash yeah. at them. Like, I, like, I I I I am the same exact way. I'm I'm definitely a button smasher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love the look of Smash Bros. I love the look at all of them. That's why I buy the games. Um, but I'm I'm literally garbage. <laughs> yeah, I, I love all those games, but I'm also a big fan of like Marvel versus Capcom oh, and like, those games. So and like uh, Darkstalkers or Night love Darkstalkers. Like, garbage. Like those things are like amazing. Like in the graphics on them are phenomenal. Love like love it. Those are some of my favorites. So wonderful. Like, Capcom season. just did the uh, was it the Legacy? The Legacy Legend? Edition. Yeah. They just yeah, came out with I recently. Had, I had one of the one of the one of the folks at the event who who happened to be not know that I was a coordinator in any way, shape, or form. Who 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 was very good at fighting games and was willing to teach me how to be good at the fighting games. And I just realized that like I don't have any interest in being good at the game. I just like to look how beautiful they are. And by the way, I'm the same way with pinball. That's pinball me with pinball. pinball. I'm pinball terrible at pinball, <laughs> but I love it. Like, as the ball starts going, I get distracted and start watching all the lights go. Oh my God, there. yes. I'm the same way. Like $3 in, I'm like, oh, what happened to the game? I'm like, I just yeah. I, I just see all the twinkly lights just go. I'm like, uh, I'm distracted. You know, 
I, I got a theory behind that. Okay. So, okay. The theory is, so I'm, I'm 53. And when I grew up in Miami in the, you know, mid seventies, late seventies into the early eighties, there were arcades, right? But from the fifties to the seventies, there was nothing but pinball. So yeah. my experience in the arcade was almost, you know, I would say 80% pinball, 20%, you know, well, 10% arcade and 10% like, you know, foosball and air hockey and stuff like that. Right. So it's interesting because I have no issue with pinball whatsoever. I, I actually have 18 machines in my house right now, like literally, <laughs> like literally three, like eight feet away from me. I've got 15 pinball machines. Our, the arcades, my my world is much smaller. Now I can play Miss Pac-Man like no one's business. And there's a there's a handful of others, Ladybug. There's a couple of others um, from that era that I can actually, you know, I can I can I can rule right. So that's all I knew. So is do you think do you think that the reason why the struggle for the younger generation is because it wasn't available to them? in the arcades and where you guys were when you were 14, 15, 16? Is that possible? I think it's uh, fair. I mean, and by then, the, yeah. the console was yeah. completely dominating yeah, everything. Through. For me, it was 100% right. cultural. Um, my parents wouldn't let me go to arcades growing up because that's where drug deals happen. Ah, uh, okay. And, and, and there, there, by the way, I, I can give them a hard time, but there is actually some truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so literally, they bought me uh, a Nintendo just to keep me out of arcades. Now, I, I will say, you know, it always, <laughs> the, I, I, th I think the, the Hispanic culture always gets pinned for calling everything Nintendo, but I will say it was common where I grew up as well. Everything was Nintendo past Nintendo. Um, so so well, it's like living in the South and everything's a Coke. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, but but I, I also think there's just, you know, there's there's different types of players, and that's, sure. and I think that's what free play does real well is 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 accepting all the different types of players. I'm a person who I'm not going to be good at a game, but if you put give me the game and you give me like eight months, which by the way, there's something to be said about that. Back in the '80s, my parents didn't have a ton of money. It's not like today where you buy a game every every couple of weeks. Back yeah. then, it was like, hey, we just bought you this. You're gonna like this for the next eight months. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so like. Yeah. like yeah. Something like Castlevania, which is just oh. the original Castlevania, is ridiculously difficult. Uh, which, yeah. Oh, he, don't tell me. Oh. <laughs> so he has the box right here that he's showing. Complete in box? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard game. It's a super hard game. I have 80 NES games. They all are complete in box. Oh, man. Jealous. Wow. So, yeah. So when you're talking to, to Jason, you're talking to Leon. Leon's like, I got all these pinball machines. Uh, and, and then Jason's like, I have all these these inbox games. And you know, like Charlie Brown in the the, the Halloween special, and he's like, I got a rock. I'm, I'm, I'm Charlie Brown. <laughs> I just want to watch you play Castlevania in a sheet with a bunch of holes in it. But I did. I eventually, you know, I eventually did beat Castlevania. But I'm yeah. some, I'm a I'm the type of gamer where you got to give it to me and give sure. me months to get good at it. Yeah. Learn all the different steps. Learn all the different things you have to do. Um, and, and, and there's other people just have that hand eye coordination yeah. and just that, that ability to adapt. I think fighting games is a common example. I think pinball games very much like that, where yeah. it's like, there are people who just can, they can react on a dime and, and, and I'm not that person. Yeah. It's all timing and reactionary reflexes. But I think you touched, uh, Jason touched on a good one. It was like, it's a difficult game. What is the hardest game you guys ever played? 
most um, difficult game, you're like, you know what? I'm going to throw this controller or this pinball across the mine, room. Mine's modern. I'm going to let you go first. Yours <laughs> is modern? Mine's modern. Dude, Battletoads. 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 Wow, Battletoads. Like, so a mutual friend of ours, and uh, he's actually been like an artist at FPF a few times and helped out and everything like that. And he's actually a, a competitive pinball player. Yeah. We used to live next door to each other, uh, you know, before I, where I moved now. And he came over one night and we literally like went through a bottle of wine and sat and played Battletoads for like close to three hours. Did not get past the fourth level. Three hours, two dudes. Like, I mean, <laughs> I still to say I've never beaten Battletoads. Like that's up there, like the hardest game I've ever played. I, I got a modern one and then I do have an older one that I, I'll use this reference. My, my modern one is just Cuphead. Like, yes. I, I love Ooh. Cuphead. Beautiful, amazing soundtrack. Mass. Oh, such a masochistic game, and I love it because I grew up <laughs> in the era of. I grew up in the era. It's era unforgiving. Where it's yeah. just like, and it's like I just beat this, but I didn't get anything because it was on normal mode. You have to beat on hard mode. And it's, it's wonderfully hard, and it's it's a love letter to anyone who grew up in the area where you had to memorize different yeah. things. But actually, in terms of difficulty, I'm going to throw it in a different in a different way. Uh, Goonies two. Oh, what? What? Because what? if you didn't. We, we, we didn't have the internet back then. We did not have the internet back then. <laughs> you, and you, have the to, game, you have to have Nintendo Power. The <gasps> game had... But even the Nintendo Power didn't give you the whole game. That game, like, you have options. It's it's Half of it's a, a, a side-scroller. It's a Metroidvania style game. But the yeah. other half of it is, is a point-and-click. Yes. And you have to go into every room, yes. punch a wall, hammer a wall, do it. <laughs> And, and, and all but you had to world. do you had to do that sort of stuff like with like Ultima like on the NES yeah. like that and like I think Romance of the Saga is when you're not like you had that type of perspective yeah like, but like you... this is you know we beat I beat it as an adult when yeah. I had the internet to tell me here's the path you go you got to punch this wall you got to use a hammer on this wall yeah. and like so as an adult with the internet I could do it but like I honestly wonder the morality of game developers back in the 90s. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you had cheat books that you would follow so you can get through stuff? You, Nintendo I mean, Player's Guide? Like, was it the, the, right. the, the Black Stra- Official Nintendo important. Strategy Guide? Like, yeah. that was your grail oh, like, yeah. back right. in, like, the 80s. Like, See, you know it's, 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 just, it's almost surreal because, because you know, again, I mean, I, I'm going back <laughs> and you know, I, I'm in a different era, and to me... When a video game went from two buttons to five buttons, it was yeah. absolutely mind-boggling. So, like, the fighter games, those were hard for me because it was like, oh, my God, I, I've got five fingers, but I'm, 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 using <laughs> two of them, I'm using two of them 90% of the time. And I've got another one I'm using, like, 5%, and I've got another one I'm using 1%. So, I, for me, Defender was – and, again, we're going back – you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's a billion other games that are ten times harder, but in my, you know, uh, my era, um, I would say Defender because you went from one button or two buttons to five, literally overnight. Wow. Defender showed up the next Saturday in the arcade, and you're like, "Oh, Defender!" And you're like, "What? I can go left and right, and there's you know a fire button, <laughs> three buttons, and then I've got a joystick. I'm going left or you know, and then I've got." you know, a, a super bomb thing that kills everything on the screen. I got five freaking things I'm doing right now. Yeah. And it, it totally messed me up and, and I did not transition well. So from there, my Neanderthal side of my brain says, okay, stick with the <laughs> one or two button games. So for, for me, it was Defender, but I, I love hearing the this the other <laughs> stuff. Because I get it. I was there too. It just, 
it's just a different thing, but Dragon's Lair. We're going oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never made it. It's yeah. beautiful. It's Dom Bluth. I love it. Yeah. But I've game. never, ever, ever beaten that. I, yeah, I don't I think I got to the... What was the other one he did? Was it Space Ace? Space Ace. And then Space Space Ace. Ace. Yeah. It was yeah. all timing. And, yeah. and again, if, if you were off by half a second, you know, the timing was off and you died and there were your... Yeah. And at the time, everything else in that arcade was 25 cents. Right? Uh, so, was like, yeah. That was, so, was a 50 cent or something? Yeah, it was. It was 50 cents. And so the reason why I never played it that much is because you only had so much pocket money <laughs> when, you know, you mowed yards and, you know, picked up trash and raked leaves. So at the end of the day, I, I played it a few times, but, you know, not enough to get good at it because I had I didn't have the money. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those <laughs> things that every time we see a Dragon's Lair at the event, I know that the, the, the machines, oftentimes, that um, back in the arcade, they used to put a television on top of it so that the people behind could actually see the game. Oh, I always yeah. kind of wish, like, I would love to see some of our, our, our game bringers bring out a monitor as well and sit it on top so that the people behind can see what's oh, going man. on in the game. It's, it's oh, my God. It's, oh, it's such a ge- beautiful game. I will game. tell you, we have, we have tried. We have tried to get Don Bluth at the event before. Um, but he's he's getting up there in age, and I don't think I think he's at a point. I mean, you got to remember, this is a guy who's done some amazing animated films as well. Yeah. He's got a good chunk of change. He doesn't have any reason to go to cons anymore. But man, oh man, it would be so cool to meet him. Yes, uh, absolutely. Add that to the dream list of guests right now. Oh yeah. So talking about Dragon's Lair's um, arcade system or cabinet. So I'm just gonna mention. I don't know about you guys, but my favorite arcade cabinet that I've always wanted to either rebuild or buy one is the Astro City. Sega cabinet. Sega cabinets are beautiful. Yes. Do you guys ever have a favorite one? Like, oh, I love the artwork that they did for this cabinet or these designs. Because some of them are, depending on the game, they they modular or they design it just reflective of the game itself. So let's let's take Ninja Turtles out of the equation because both Jason and I will both (laughs) say Ninja Turtles, and that's just not fair. That's not fair. Um, uh, I would also say. Take X Men out of the equation because I love that. Okay. Game, so. Okay. Six button X or six player X Men cabinet. Those monsters. Oh, oh man, that um, was massive. I I back to what you said. I love the Sega cabinets. I love if you can get an outrun where you have the actual yeah. uh, acceleration pedal on the bottom. Those are great. Um, a couple of years ago, um, when my wife when my wife had her big fortieth birthday. Um, some of the free play people celebra- uh, celebrated by giving her a fix it Felix cabinet, um, which is just, I think it's just a beautiful cabinet. They built it from her from, you know, and, and, and they use pieces from old arcades to rebuild, you know, to create this kind of Frankenstein uh, fix it Felix. Um, and so that's the one machine we have in our house. And I, I, I love that cabinet. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. That's awesome. That's my daughter's that's favorite movie right now. Equation. Sure. No Ninja Turtles. No Ninja Turtles. No X-Men. No X-Men. No X-Men. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've moved those cabinets. They're heavy. They're heavy cabinets. If you had to move them, then you wouldn't love them. Same with Killer Instinct. Just take it out of the equation. I think the cabinet is beautiful, but I love the game. Absolutely love, love the game. It's so much fun. And I, I played it a bunch as a kid. And then in different areas that I've found, since I've become a father, I've played this with my son as well. House of the Dead. Yeah. Ooh, oh, man. Dead. Love that game. With the pedal, that game is so much fun. I will just, just take my money now. I will just do all of it. Just I've always loved those pedal gun shooters, yes. where you get to hit down just to duck. I don't know. I, yeah, I always you had have to basically take your foot off the pedal in order to re to, to, to reload. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. that was one of that was very. But you're getting attacked. The thing is, if you're not, you have to reload fast because if you take you if you take too long, 
Oh, While right. you're reloading, you're getting attacked. That's fine. I, the worst one I've ever had, and I think almost had a heart attack doing one, was the one that's a boxing one. That they have like a camera that uh, that like mimics your movement. So when you're throwing punches, so you have the gloves on and you have to move. Yo, I think I had a heart attack after the first three minutes trying to dodge punches throughout the whole time. I was like, I can't. I will never be a boxer in my life. <laughs> Leon, Leon's answer is going to be long. I can tell. Gloves. No, I go go, Leon. Let, let's see what you got. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> Favorite cabinet. Favorite oh, cabinet. oh, for me, uh, like the greatest arcade cabinet or oh, your favorite it could be greatest favorite or I, even I, pinball I, favorite pinball machine pinball too. yeah oh sh- wow oh man dude i want to i want him to be in pain here pick a, a favorite okay all right well okay it ha- well here's the thing all right so pinball is like music right you don't have the same five songs you play over and over and over right so it like you know like for a couple of months you might play one song over and over and you love it and then you kind of put it in the back seat right and then you play some new stuff maybe you download some new stuff whatever pinball is the same way all right so i have one game that i will definitely never get rid of and um so long story short is uh so all right you guys is it okay if i Go for it for a few for a minute or two. All right. Yeah. So the one. So you asked me what's my like the one pinball that's going to end it all. All right. So um, when I was a kid, I would uh, jump on my bike and I'd ride to the arcade and you know pop quarters in. So my dad, my dad at the time was a night audit in Miami Beach, and he would sleep during the mornings and early afternoons. So I would like you know sneak into his room and that's why a couple quarters off you know, his, his dresser you know go down the arcade play some stuff it's true absolutely 100 true story i've been telling this story for years so so he got savvy to that and he was like hey you know <laughs> stop stealing my quarters you know stop stealing money off my dresser i you know so he made a deal with me he said he said if you work all summer and raise as much money as you can right mow yards rake leaves do whatever you got to do just raise as much as you can i'll buy you your own pinball machine okay so i'm like all right so cool i will i'll do that and i did i mean i at the time i literally had two or three yards that i mowed in the neighborhood anyway and back then it was anywhere from 10 to 15 dollars and yeah you know we were talking about you know uh uh what 1982 83 i was mowing yeah, old. So um, the whole summer I mowed, worked, painted, did whatever I had to do to make some money. And at the end of the summer, I handed him a couple hundred bucks. I don't even remember what it was. Um, And what I didn't discuss with my dad was like, you know, what pinball machine? Like, cause he promised, you know, you mow, give me, give me the money you make and I'm going to buy you pinball machine. What I didn't know was that he brought me an evil Knievel back in the day in 1919, I think it's 76 evil Knievel. So, uh, which was pretty cool because I worshipped Evil Knievel. I had his books. I still have his books, actually. <laughs> I still have his books. And uh, I watched all the specials on, you know, ABC Channel 6 when he jumped over, you know, Las Vegas and the cannon jump. So he was an absolute um, hero of mine growing up, Evil Knievel. So my dad had the forthright to... to to know that I loved Evil Knievel and I used to jump I had an Evil Knievel bike I've my I've literally had the bike with the plastic uh <laughs> gas can and the in the number 
I don't remember, number one on the front, the plastic number one plate. So he comes home with the Evil Knievel num- number one. I had that game from probably 13 or 14 years old till I was about 18 or 19. I moved out and the game, let's just say it disappeared. So fast forward to about two and a half years ago, I finally said to myself, I go, I, I'm, I'm probably a year from dying. I'm 53. I'm an old fart. I need to, uh, I need, to, <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to, I need to embrace my childhood. I said, if I don't have an evil Knievel in my collection, then something's wrong with the world. So I, I located an evil Knievel and, uh, I, I have it in my collection now. So if there's one long, you know, again, long story long, if, if there's one game that I will uh, say that I need to have is a Bally's Evil Knievel, the original uh, solid state, not the EM. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's, I don't know, there's like maybe 200 or 300 EM versions of that game, but the solid state is what I had when I was a kid. So that's that's my go-to. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's awesome though. Yeah, I got pictures. I got. I literally got pictures of me as as a you know fourteen year old in the you know in the you know the Florida room playing <laughs> hours of the night with my pinball machine because he got t- he just got tired of me stealing his quarters. He's like, screw this. Let's <laughs> just get you one. Have it at the house. Yeah. Well, you know, he maybe you know. I mean, there was a you know there was rules. There was a caveat. You yeah. know, you got to mow. You got to mow. You got to earn some money, and I'll get you yours, and then you'll stop stealing my quarters off my dress. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh yeah, that, that, if you're gonna tell me a pinball machine, so for for arcade, it'd be Miss Pac-Man because um, I worked night shift in Miami as a security officer at a uh, well-known hospital down there back uh, in the late '80s, early '90s, and we would spend many, many copious hours uh, drinking milkshakes, uh, playing Miss Pac-Man on a cocktail table in uh, in the uh, cafe that, which was closed at that time, but we would have the keys. So we'd go yeah. in there and we would have tournaments and all kinds of those. So if the two games arcade would be Miss Pac-Man, I've got that cabinet and that artwork and that game is absolutely 100% uh, going to be in the grave with me as, and uh, right next to it will be, will be uh, evil can evil. Evil can evil. So, yeah, for sure. That's, that's crazy. So one of the cabinets that I just said, it's my favorite, but one of the ones I've always remembered since a little kid and this is going to the arcades, I don't know if you guys, you probably seen it most likely is the Neo Geo ones that you get to select yeah. multiple games. My yeah. favorite one was metal slug. I don't know why, but anytime it had metal game. slug on it, I would play. I'm like, yo dad, give me 10 bucks and, and I'm gone. I'm gone for the, you, you have me, you have me away for the next 10 yeah. minutes. Metal slug. You know, when I, if we're talking about Neo Geo cabinets, one of the things that should be said is like one of the, the wackiest things like early on in free play that we used to have was we used to have a drive around Neo Geo cabinet. So we used to have, <laughs> yeah. We used to have a guy named Nathan Barnett. Um, most people know him in the gaming world as Keith Apicary and uh, he used to frequent our event quite a bit and we built him a, a, a it was Keith a mobile. It was a Keith mobile. It was Keith called, mobile. We called it a Keith mobile. And he used to drive around in a Neo Geo cabinet. It drove, <laughs> like, literally like, the, the 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 all the arcade controls actually made it drive around so you used to drive around the hotel and i do remember i mean we did a lot of stuff a lot of wacky things over the years not just with nathan but just a lot of wacky things but that was one of the first really weird things i just remember the hotel staff yeah and they were taking videos. videos they were like with their phones taking oh, videos. Man, that's awesome there's a neo geo there, there's there's got to be footage online there's definitely footage. i can see yeah. but there's he he drove through the, and, and by the way, not 
not everybody who goes to the hotel <laughs> are there for our yeah. event. Right. So you can have a lobby. Who's in the lobby? That's in the lobby. Perfect yeah. marketing. Driving, perfect marketing. Driving, driving a Neo Geo cabinet in the lobby. Yes. And, and this is back in the day when double. It was, that, this is when we were at the DoubleTree Hotel. Yeah, and SeaWorld. Yeah. That, that hotel used to give you cookies. So he'd come by. He'd come by in the Keith Mobile and drive by and go drive through. Maybe throwing cookies at him, and then drive it into the 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 the, the actual show floor. Um, and that was the start of just some insanity when it came to our event. And and I, I do want to say like that's the one of the things. Oh gosh, and and, and yeah, and, and I want to say that's one of the things that has made free play notorious. It's not just the fact that we're literally like one of the only maybe the only arcade nonprofit events that take place across our country. I think there might be one other one. Yeah. Um, but in addition, we've become notorious for just some of the wacky things that have happened at our events over the years and that we continue to do over the years. We were always trying to innovate and come up with new ideas. And yep. Yeah. Well, we had, would tell, tell, tell them about the uh, kill screen ice bath. We had chill screen. We had chill screen. Chill screen. Chill screen. Nathan, and by the way, I had, I should say this, I used to have a full head of hair and zero gray um, <laughs> before I started working for free play. And, and, and we did this thing. Nathan goes, I want to do this thing called chill screen. I'm like, okay. And he's talking to me this on the phone. And by the way, this was not something, this was before, the first year we did it was before there was a board of directors. So this was literally like something we just did without any permission. Um, and, so he had this idea. He goes, so I do this thing on, on YouTube where I sit in a bathtub of ice and I try to beat a game. And he goes, I was wondering mm. if we get two, if we could we get two horse troughs? So I had to go out and find two horse troughs. By the way, he didn't bring this idea up till two weeks before the event. He goes, can you get two horse troughs so we can play video games inside an ice bath? And uh, I will tell you, man, I, I'm not somebody who does well with people being uncomfortable. Like, I, I don't enjoy seeing that, but man, oh man, the looks on people's face as people are agonizing in a bath of ice while playing, like, hard video games. Was it, like, I honestly don't remember the games. I think it was, Don, was it Donkey Kong? I don't know. I, was, I really have uh, to look away. I oh, to was it a console? He was playing a console. I, I, had, I had to focus on the faces of the people enjoying it, to be honest. Yeah. I do not enjoy seeing people in discomfort. Oh, that's uh, sounds like something out of Saw. Want to play a game? Like for two years, we did it for two years, and when we were kind of after that, when we were like, "Hey, let's try something different," I was so freaking relieved because it really was something that it's not my comfort zone to see people in pain. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny though, but yeah, we we do enjoy that kind of. Crazy. By the way, the guys were in tidy whiteies. They were straight up in tidy whiteies and they jumped in the ice bath. That's yeah. just say that as well. So. Oh my goodness! Any, any. All right. So, being that you're gonna have that chill zone, are you gonna have any other games, wacky games coming up that you haven't announced yet? Um, or is it gonna no, be hush hush until the day of? So people no, are like, no, yo, this no, is what we're we dropping. Usually, we usually tell everybody we 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 always do wacky stuff. It doesn't even have to be just games. So you brought up Warren Davis before. Um, Warren Davis. People don't realize this. He's a very talented music, a mu- musician, magician, magician. magician. <gasps> he does a magic show. Fucking so hell yeah! He started doing magic shows, so he'll have a magic show a couple times at this year's event. Uh, very talented mu- magician. I, 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 I'm very impressed. You know, I'm somebody again. I get frustrated by magic because I can't figure it out. No. Um, but, but he's that. There's that. He does a good job. Um, uh, 
for five years, I did a show called Space Ghost uh, Live. I was going to jump in there. And I'm going to let... I'm gonna let Jason take it over because Jason literally took it over for me. After. I did, I did five years that I'm like I'm getting too old for this, and Jason has taken over. So we're gonna be doing Space Ghost Live again, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let Jason kind of explain what that is. Did you ever watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yeah, I was yes. thinking that exactly when you said that. We do a we, we do a live version of that. So we actually have a, a person, <laughs> local cosplayer, that dresses up, comes out as Space Ghost, like legit and. We have built a desk that is just like what he has on the car, the, the show and everything like that. And we have our guests come out. So I've been working with Brandon now for the past couple of years about you know, and directing it and bringing the guest out. Um, so you're asking about wacky stuff. So last year, um, you know, every time we do the event, we have George Lowe, who is the voice of Space Coast and Space Coast Coast to Coast, right? So George comes out. And he's an Ed McMahon. Yes. Yeah. He's the Ed McMahon of the show. Yeah, he, for sure. He comes out and he um, he doesn't really have much of a conversation with our space ghost. He just kind of just talks to the peoples and then he's like, I'm out. And then we bring the guest up and everything like that. I don't like even that. know if he's talking to the people. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> he has just kind of a. He talks at the people. Yes. He has a free range conversation. Yes. With himself and there's just an audience. That's about <laughs> it. So. Um, but last year, um, and who's returning this year is Tim Kitzrow from NBA Jam and everything like that. Boom Shakalaka. Yeah. That guy came out in what was a sort of PG, maybe boarding PG-13, yeah. went straight R. Like, it went straight R rated <laughs> last year. Well, I didn't it know was that. hilarious. I mean, he just – and Tim Kitzrow just kind of just, you know, he, he, he got where George was going. And he was like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. And so as guys that are in his profession can riff – he just ripped and he ripped and it was hilarious. And it was so a competition. At that yeah. Point. yeah. So like after the event, after the show was done mm -hmm. and we were in the after party, you know, Brandon and myself were talking to Tim and Tim turns to me. He's like, I had so much fun. I'm going to do it again next year. We're like, awesome. Come back. That'd be great. And he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a thing. You just wait. I'm going I'm to get something together. I'm like, all right, man, let's do this thing. I have no idea. So you're <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, definitely don't miss Space Ghost. So this year. yeah, Space Ghost this year, like you know, he's going to be my headliner as the director. He's going to be my headliner this year, mm -hmm. and um, you know, Howard uh, and Paul Niemeyer, who's the artist from Mortal Kombat, but they're going to be joining as well and have you know Space interview them. Then it's pretty much going to be the Boom Shakalaka Power Hour is really yeah. what's going to happen. Oh man, and so I love if you it. See some magic. Watch Tim Kitzrow. Yeah, like come I mean, out Saturday night. Saturday night is the jam. Yeah, it's gonna be great, and and, and I, I will tell you, it was so nice to hand the reins over to that show to Jason. I got to sit, I got to sit in the audience and watch Tim Kitzrow's face as he realized what kind of show it was, and you had to click in his head like, oh, so this is what I can yeah. do. And I'm like, I'm looking at this like, it was one of those moments where I was like, thank you, Jesus, I'm not in control of this show. My first so I took it from being PG and I took it to R. So that's at the highest, it was PG thirteen when I did it. I took it. I guess I took it to James Gunn levels. What happened? Yeah, just that. skyrocketed out there. It's out of control. <laughs> oh my god, I'm excited for this for this show to and everything for the event and all the wacky stuff that comes with it. It's it's yeah, going to be fun. You know, it, it, you know, it's it, it's it's honestly organic. It, it it's honestly uh the people show um you know and we do not i i definitely agree we, we 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 definitely don't feel like it's like any other show in the country we honestly let things flow we let things go um if somebody brings something to the table we entertain it 
we're always looking to evolve and introduce new things that um, might seem a little bit left field or not in the wheelhouse, but you know, it's still creative. And uh, I think that's kind of what sets us apart from everything else that's out there. And, you know, not that we're competing, there's no competition. I mean, we support, you know, a lot of us go to um, Southern fried up in Atlanta. I've been to Texas pinball festival. I've been to Allentown. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a tons of different, um, avenues some of, us are at, some of us are at twitchcon right now that just yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah one of our guys is at twitchcon he flew out today to twitchcon so uh you know it, we're, there's no competition whatsoever uh but at the end of the day that's i definitely feel like you know we are very unique in that regard that we're open to anything and everything that might make everyone happy and us happy yeah. and like cool and you know so that's kind of the cool thing about it is so, you know, our, our, we, what we send out, we want to come back. So, you know, we, we entertain anything that comes our way. And if somebody might reach out to us who hears this, who hears this podcast, you know, they might have an idea, you know, we welcome that. We yeah. welcome them to come, you know, and, and send us their ideas and thoughts and feelings. And, uh, you know, if it, if it's something we can do, we, we would love to do it. Yeah. Just embracing everything, every, every from all sure. facets and all different thoughts. Nick, do you, I think Nick has, Nick, you have an idea? Let's see when your ideas you want to throw out there too. <laughs> Nick looks like he yeah. has one. Yeah, I got it. Drag, drag racing? Can we do drag racing? Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! All you got to do is invite. What was Twi- it uh... twisted metal? Twisted metal drag racing? <laughs> twisted oh, metal yeah. drag racing. Yeah, and f- it was it where we're from right now. I think the best thing you can get is something called El Fuego, which is basically like our like I remember when I was a kid. I think it says still do it to this day, but it's literally a bunch of like uh, teenagers using their mother's Hondas to like. To go out racing in the middle of the night. <laughs> nice. So that kind of twisted metal is going to be a bunch of like, you know, civic uh, station wagon style cars <laughs> with like the, the, the hubcap rims and stuff. I don't know. Like, well, it, oh. I got, I got, I'm going to flip the script. So, mm. so how did you guys get into arcade and gaming and, and consoles? Wow. So it started with... In- like my family, we all got, we got a Nintendo, but it, we didn't get the year it came out. Which one? Which, uh, the which first one? NES, the NES, the first. Okay. N- okay. So you know I we got a. Se- it's here, but I, I I can't pull that down. Yeah. Work. So I didn't get it the year it came out. Perfect. I got a second handed. work after eight p.m. He gets cranky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we got the I got the NES second hand three years later when it came out, and. Um, I started playing in, uh, the first Mario Brothers. So then soon after we got the Super Nintendo and then my parents bought Dr. Mario. Ooh. <laughs> and that was an addiction that my parents, because me and Nick are cousins. So yeah. our parents were addicted that they used to play. They'd be like, yo, get off. Let's play Dr. Mario. They'll play to three or four in the morning. So, wow. Was great gateway drug for parents to play video games. Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's cool, man, dude. Can you believe that your parents are like hooked? Yeah, they were hooked. My mom, my mom as well. Yeah. I think if I if I if I could pull out the Nintendo and have Doctor Mario, I think they'll stay there playing until two in the morning now. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're yeah, so they're beyond their ages right now. But I think back then they were just they had their nightcap and some video games. And since then, everything evolved. I never got into PC, but every arcade that I would drive by. I would go in and look at what they have played, whatever game got interesting. And then one of my all-time favorite games of all time is Zelda Ocarina of Time. I think it has the best 
replayability that I I think I played it from beginning to end. Ocarina. Ocarina. And yeah. and that has okay. one of my favorite songs from the soundtrack, which yeah, is I'm when it go, when, yeah, when it goes you. into the forest. And I think we spoke about that last week. Love it. And and from there, just transition to to uh, shooting games. And then we we have a cousin, mutual cousin, that is into the fighting game community that he works in. Then that's how we got into like more helping on the CEO gaming yeah. into that yeah. side. And then from there, we we're just natural nerds, I guess. We we love movies, comic books. So I think it's just a overlapping of everything, and I love that combination when it's when different medias or two different types of medias overlap each other. Like for if it's a video game or a movie, like ET goes into gaming, or a game that becomes a movie, like Halo. Halo's a video game now; it has a whole full series, and I think that's that's where our love from evolved from one game and transitioned to other avenues of media within nerd culture. But I I still game now. I have. I have cousins. I have a, my best friend that lives in Massachusetts. I haven't seen him like in three years, but he'll call me like, "Let's play some Call of Duty." I'm like, "All right, let's play four rounds," and I'm done. But but no PC. No, I for some reason. Well, I, so what about you guys? What about Jason and Brandon? No PC. I've never. I shouldn't say I've never. I I did PC game for a little bit. Um, I got into in the late '90s. I played Baldur's Gate. And then after that, I got really into Ultima Online. This is the beginnings, like what I remember being like kind of the beginnings of really big MMOs. And I remember EverQuest, which we also called Evercrack, <laughs> played that nonstop. Um, and then World of Warcraft came out and I played that nonstop. And then I realized like I spent like the last eight months of my life not really doing anything but playing that. Right, right. But aside from that, it's like as far as like any like PC gaming I never got super into it no. at, at all. I mean, I've got friends that are really into like any of the Steam stuff, but like to me, it's like I'll wait till it comes out on a console. I've always been a console gamer and everything like that. I mean, okay. like my, you know, like you guys, like my first was an NES. Actually, I still have the receipt from 1988 and Toys R Us where my dad bought me NES awesome. control deck. And so I did a sleepover. Uh, in our neighborhood, and uh, the my friend Brian, his older brother actually had an NES and he was playing Legend of Zelda and I saw that and that was all she wrote. Like that is the reason I got into gaming. It's like I saw Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. I played oh, it. Fantastic. Over the next day. Yeah. I begged my parents. And so, you know, my parents were like, you know, based upon report cards and what you do in school, like we'll we'll consider it and everything like that. And so my dad took me to Toys R Us, bought me an NES control deck that came with that Mario Brothers I just mm-hmm. showed. And he bought me the Legend of Zelda. And what's crazy is like the NES control deck with Mario Brothers was not was uh, seventy nine ninety nine, wow. and then it was twenty nine ninety nine for the Legend of Zelda. So you think about like what the cost is for like I just bought right hundred bucks PS five, but I had a bundle at GameStop and dropped like you know almost eight hundred dollars on that yeah. just to get the thing. And like back then that was a lot of money. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I've always been I've always been console. I mean, in, like that, anything that's, that's interesting. It's just Steam related. I was like. Yeah. I'll wait until it's got like a, a, a PlayStation or a Nintendo or some sort of release thing like that. Same I, th- here. I think that's that's totally interesting because as consoles evolved and and became a little bit more complicated and they introduced different controllers with, you know, a, a thumbstick and, you know, um, eight, nine different buttons and then you have a four-way button and then you got separate. When that started to introduce... I mean, I can't even remember back when, but um, 
to PlayStation you know, 1. It was back mid-90s. Okay, had fair like enough. The, 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 the right. where you control the camera and the yeah. 3D space. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's correct. So, so, I, so uh, right around Super NES, I started to become disillusioned with consoles because I could not I could not make my fingers work and my hands work with with the sheer amount of things I had to push, right? Mm -hmm. So I and at the time my computer systems with business and work and what have you, my career, I had the ability to have PC games. So I, I started to find um Duke Nukem and um yeah, they're right up here to the left of me. I gotta think about yeah. all the games. Um so, so of course, Half Life. Yeah. So for about 10 years, I was strictly 100% PC half-life I was I was I was a I, I joined a clan my daughter would help me with like you know with all the buttons on my keyboard and she would like send bombs I said bombs she did bombs so um so so it's kind of interesting that you guys were not PC I was I was 100% PC no, I uh I uh I, I would say the only PC games I really got into back in the day was I can still play the heck out of uh, uh, the original uh, Wolfenstein. I love oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That or two. The original yeah. two. I played the crap um, out of those. And, and yeah. SimCity. Sim yeah. I mean, those are, those are my two. Um, but, uh, you know, like you said, with MO, what, MMOs, yeah. um, right. MMOs um, I, I recognized very early how open-ended gaming could be an obsession for me. Where that's oh, It was bad. So, yeah. so, so I know, I know from my type of personality, it was <laughs> I, I, it's good for me to buy games that have a distinct shending, because <laughs> um, otherwise it could be a real, real, real big problem. Yeah, no, I, I played I, for hours and hours, and I played all throughout the night. I played, you know, when the kids went to bed, I would play for hours. I, I loved Half Life. I was a huge Half Life fan, and I played all of the online gaming. Again, I was I was a clan member, and we had meetups, and I almost I, shoot, I almost even flew. <laughs> up to buffalo to meet like oh, really? we had a huge clan meeting where we would play for two three days no sleep i almost did that that's how bad it was back in the early days it would be it would be detrimental for me that's what i did with ultima online like a buddy i worked with um this one i was living in knoxville um he bought it and he's like hey i want you to buy this and i want to i want to build i want to start a guild do you know anybody that likes like high fantasy rpg stuff like that so I had my friends that like we you know we played all Final Fantasy games. I'm like, yeah, I got like at least like like five six other dudes. Just like get them to go buy it. And let's let's do this thing. And we would literally like get off like be like near the end of work shift, and we'd have them all come up to the shop, and yeah. we would plan what we were doing. Next thing you know, we'd get home, and we would just go for hours and hours and hours and, yeah. and play that game. Um, but you know, you were talking about like you know Wolfenstein, and like yeah, I played. I, yeah. I was thinking about. I was like, man, I played. Oh yeah. Out of that. I, I, I now remember why I really never got into PC gaming. And there was something that really traumatized me. Mm. King's Quest. Oh. <laughs> I so I, let me preface this by saying. we have, Amazing, beautiful game. But I have PTSD to this day from King's Quest. We have been trying for years, years to get Roberta yeah. Williams at the events. Um, Sierra Games, was, right? Who is Yeah, Sierra Games. Ken was the one who, who really kind of pushed for the game, you know, CR games, and then she wrote a lot of those games. We've been trying for years to get her, but yeah, the I've, King's got, Quest I've got games. many Sierra games. Yeah, the King's Quest games were again. It's very much the same thing I was saying. It's probably worse than what I was saying with um, <laughs> uh, uh, Goonies too. Oh, the hardest game. Where it's like, there is no way if you yeah. were a kid and the touch the rock, the internet doesn't <laughs> do not understand the rock. 
the Where's internet that? doesn't exist at this point. Like the you you sit there and you think to yourself like, man, these people they make great games, but they must have hated other humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, um, there was no internet. Like, no, how would you know? We actually, I remember for King's Quest Five, I think it was, we would go to EB Games and ask the the clerks at the game, like, do you know how to get? I remember doing we this. had to have like the people working at the store tell us how to get through, how to yeah. navigate through King's Quest. It it was nuts. <laughs> no, it's like um back in the day with uh, Nintendo. I don't know if you remember this, Leon. You probably do. Like Nintendo had like a one eight hundred eight hundred hotline. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Eight hundred hotline, and and they yeah. would literally some dude who had slept in three days yeah. would be like, "Oh, okay." Let me you look hear it up. Let, yeah, me look it up. Let me get yeah. the book out. I got you. Yeah. Let's go. You hear like tapping. Twenty five minutes and three hundred dollars for your right. games. Yeah. So okay, are you at the gate? Yeah, I'm at the gate. All right, turn left. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was one eight one eight hundred whatever, and they, they would literally walk you through how to get. Yeah. to the next section and yeah i definitely oh my I, God. I, I don't know if my parents ever knew that i was spending their money doing that yeah. but yeah for sure those numbers were there was, a, there was a while that came with every single game a little yes it was it was in the in sleeve of the game yeah it was yeah so a fun thing about free play i'm gonna I'm I'm segue into this from this conversation oh, we talking about free play yes. oh yeah yes, oh, yes. yes. And, you know, before you know, getting involved with it, like like yourself, like I attended, I was a fan, right? And I enjoyed like taking my family there and watching my son play games. I played in the arcade back in the day and just get frustrated and walk away. And it's like, this is how it was, bro. Like this is why, like I think gaming now, like like sure. it's a little bit more forgiving versus what it was back then. And I'm sure Leon, like you know, you're talking about like stuff like Defender and everything like that. Like I struggle with Defender, you know what I mean? But I remember going and playing games in the arcade and, and everything like that, and then like seeing my son step up, and I'd be like, I used to sink all my money there. Did you beat this game, Dad? I did. It cost a lot of money. I don't remember how much it cost, yeah. but I did beat that oh, game. Oh my you god! Know? Yes. Sure. You know, I, I remember waiting in lines like for Street Fighter. Like I, you know, I grew up in Virginia Beach, and like going to Aladdin's Castle, and you wanted to play Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. And the line would be outside of the arcade. So the quarters yeah. lined up on the on the screen. Yeah. On the screen, yes. Yeah, I got next. I got next. I got next. Right, right, right. One thing you have to understand about Gen Xers are they're very patient because we had to be to yes. get through some of these games. <laughs> yes. We had to learn patience and we were poor as hell. Dude, honestly, no lie. I mean, you would literally like as you're riding on your bike to the arcade, you would literally think about how much you have in your pocket. I mean, it could be a buck fifty, it could be seven bucks, and you you had to figure out like, okay, I'm going to be gone for six hours. Slice of pizza, seventy five cents. Like, you know, uh, how, I mean, how how long can I play this game? How long? Can, you know, yeah. literally, that's you, what you thought. And uh, you we know, became like, like financial analysts at that point. I am like, oh, I have four quarters. I have three games. One is fifty cents. The other one's a quarter. Which one's going to last me longer? And 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 touching back on what Jason was talking about when he was saying that he was taking his son to the free play, and I've noticed that with one of our young nephews when um, Nintendo came out. No, was it Nintendo came out with their no PlayStation came out with their their mini version that they had like limited games, and and I think he was playing Contra. I think it was Super Nintendo. I forget which one it was. He was playing it. And he died three times. And he was like three levels in. He goes, okay, let's start that level again. I'm like, no, no, no. You start from the beginning. Like, oh. like this. He goes, what? Or the, the rewind function. 
the rewind, like you know, like nice. it's like, oh, I get to, I, no I save points. It now. But I also am like kind of like salty of the fact like nah bro like we didn't have that no there was a rewind function it was like you guys start all over yeah start from the beginning or my other cousin my other cousin did he put them to the challenge he was like I think he said on a meme yeah he was like I'll buy you pizza but you need to beat um Lions King the Lion King level two where the stampede chase (laughs) he goes if you beat that I'll buy you pizza he saw it on a meme and he put his little my other little cousin to it he never he got so pissed. He started crying because he never passed it. He goes, how did he do it? I'm like, years of practice, just you, patience and the, timing. One of the volunteers we have for the event is uh, Rob Alvey, um, who who actually worked. He actually was the producer for, for Lion King, the game. And I've actually done interviews with him where I've just been like, Dude, why did you make this so hard? It's a Lion King. And interesting, he, I forget how he described it, but he said it was, that it was a weird time frame when we were going from we went into video game rentals yeah um and so oh, okay. you had to make yeah. you had to make a game hard enough that you couldn't beat it for sure in a weekend in a, in a weekend and you wanted to re-rent game. it so you either re-rent it or you'd go out and buy the game yeah like that's, that's sure. the right. level that it had to be well to um, go to go back to my story about defender and how frustrating it was so the 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 um the arcade operators weren't making money off defender because the same the same reason why I stopped putting my quarters into Defender because it was so hard to master. Of course, you know the bell curve. You know down the road, you had Ghosts and Goblins. You had other games that were Gosh. incredibly, incredibly <laughs> difficult to play, right? But they're fantastic games. I mean, it's, I love Ghosts and Goblins, but yeah, it's really difficult to play and and uh, very um, beautiful game. Yeah, yeah, difficult, very difficult. Um, but but when you had Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man making you know millions and millions of dollars in revenue, and then you put out Defender, the I mean they literally took it out of the arcades because no one played it anymore because they couldn't master it. And, you know, eventually, of course, over time, people yeah. figured it out, whatever. But you know, at the at the at the at the time, you know, it was, you know, what can I do to keep my arcade open? The 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 distributors were like what can i do to sell more of these and the you know manufacturers is what can i do to produce more and if it wasn't putting quarters at the, at the end of the line if it wasn't putting quarters into the coin box it wasn't going to sell and people weren't going to buy it yeah. so at the end of the day it's the same principle right like why did you make this so hard why why do, are you making me curse when i don't know all <laughs> these curse words i heard them from my older brother but i'm making these curse words happen uh, why'd you do this to me? And you're stealing all my money. I now I can't buy a slice of pizza. I can't buy a slice of pizza because I dumped all my money into this game that literally I died within 10 seconds. Difficulty in games had a lot to do with economics. Yes. <laughs> At the time. And Fair. it changed based on For sure. For sure. So yeah, you're right though. I mean, Brandon, there's a balance, right? There's a balance between fun and difficulty. You don't want them to get so far that they, they you know, they, beat the game but you want them to have so much fun before you die yeah you want to get a quote your quarter's worth i think that's kind of where the ultimate line is in any video game any video game across the board is where is that fun factor to difficult factor when you meet that line you have got a winner yeah it's almost like you need a low entry of understanding the concept of the game or the the mechanics of it but mastering it 
is what brings everything like and i think i see it a lot and we were talking about earlier about fighting games is like you understand the buttons back forward jump kick punch whatever but sometimes there's a series of combinations you have to do a certain move and then on top of that you take that variable factor of to if you're not playing the computer you're playing somebody else so that's an unknown variable you don't know how they do so you right. so you would sometimes I, I remember um i think it was another cousin my massachusetts was that he would buy he bought street fighter to practice at home to go back to the arcade and kick everybody's ass the following week <laughs> and he would do that and if somebody would beat him what like if it was like a certain character blanca whoever it was he would have his brother or like somebody else uh, one of his friends come over like you're playing blanca for the next two hours until I know how to beat you and I know any moves to my advantage. <laughs> like, you know what's, like you know what's funny is that I, I used to, I, I used to, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say like, I, mean, I did very something similar. Like I remember when they announced that it was coming out for like the Super Nintendo and everything like that for like, you know, Street Fighter 2. Like I was like, I'm going to play this game for the sole purpose to get good so I can go into arcade and whoop smash. That was, that exactly. was it. So we're saying, no, what I was saying was, uh, especially when it comes to like fighting games, I remember growing up because I think I was the last one of us that got my own console at home. I used to go to your house all the time to play. But I remember all my cousins always used to tell me, hey, you know, they, like I want to try to play a Street Fighter. And like, oh, <laughs> let, me, let me play. Let me play against you. I was like, no, because I never wanted to play with somebody I knew was practicing. I'd rather play the computer <laughs> because at least I feel like I have a shot when it's somebody who's been practicing for like weeks on end. That's going to be like a quick shutdown. It's going to be like whatever, one of those like martial arts movies where you see him to take down the guy within one kick. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly how it felt. Like, so I never wanted to play against somebody I knew that was playing, especially now when I go to like CEO and they went, oh, let's play Street Fighter or something like that. I'm like, man, I haven't played this in years. I ain't touching that game with you because <laughs> it's just going to be the quickest shutdown ever. And I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> the worst was when like you know for example it's you're training right so you you, yeah. you bought the game you're playing at home because you want to get good and everything like that you go to a buddy's house they got it you want to play them and they cheese they do the spin kick and you're just like yes and you're like come on you're like but it's legit like no you're cheesing because you get so because there's there's no strategy it's yeah. just like I'm just gonna do this one spinning heel kick, and I'm gonna do a spin kick. Like they either play this Kanariu, and that's all that they did yeah, the whole time. The... Yes, and then you can never beat them, and then that's when friendships were broken up. You know, yeah. it's like, no, we're not. No. <laughs> I, I, I have a I actually I had a bad experience with that too when I first played Street Fighter when my cousin got it. He was like, "All right, let's practice. You stay at one end, and I'll stay at the other, so you can practice your punches." I'm like, "Okay." He was throwing Hadoukens the whole time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is, what the fuck is this? He goes, you, you can't block those. I was like, okay. And the whole time he was like, I beat you. I'm like, that's what the, he did the whole time. He's like, you have to stay on your end, and I have to stay on my end. I was like, I hate you. This is, I will never. <laughs> and act like he was practicing. Oh no, I was just trying to practice the punches, and it yeah. came out. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> it was an accident. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. I accidentally, you know, I was meant to go forward, not you know, down and forward. Like. <laughs> went through your whole life bar. <laughs> like, Grandma, what's nice for me? Did I break it? Did I break it? <laughs> Did I break it? <laughs> All right. That was that's one of my favorite movies. I think top Grandma five. Gra- Grandma's Boy. Oh man. Yes. Top oh, two. That's, watch a great, it. that's a great movie. Yeah. That's fantastic movie. And I, and then what I love about that movie and Tuck getting into that movie with it is that there's characters or are characters in the movie that you see in real life that yeah. That you're like, oh, I know somebody like that, or like I have that a lot of the personality traits 
I see myself when it comes to gaming. It's like, oh, like he said, did I beat the high score? What what does high score mean? What does high score mean? <laughs> right. Oh man, that, yeah, that was a know, good, I mean, great reference. Yeah, uh, uh, is there there's a um, there's a really old movie called um, oh my god, what is it called? Uh, ping what pong. It's called Ping Pong Summer. Huh. Have you ever oh. heard of Ping Pong Summer? I think it's. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> is it called Ping Pong Summer? Let me see. <laughs> We're talking about arcade movies. Yeah, Ping Pong Summer. Okay, so there's an old movie called Ping Pong Summer, and uh, it, it, honestly, it's it's a really kitschy, uh, lowbrow, you know, low type of movie. I mean, not that not that um, Grandma's Boy wasn't. I mean, it, it was a B movie. <laughs> it was a B movie, right? Grandma's Boy is a B movie, but it was a great movie. Ping Pong Summer is actually really cool because it actually has. It's all based around an arcade in like Northeast America. And uh, it's it's a bunch of young kids, and there's an arcade involved, and it's all about uh, you know like that life, you know, yeah. being in, in, young. And I, I love that movie. But one thing I didn't realize until until joining Freeplay was there 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 is a, an actual genre of what I would call game exploitation movies, right? <laughs> game exploitation, <laughs> <Game play. laughs> for sure. Like like um we had we had a gentleman who directed um what was the what was the movie that he directed that uh. Remember? Leon, it was um, years ago at the Doubletree, um, and he directed a movie, and I'm just forgetting the movie, but uh, it was it was one of those ones. It was basically like um, like Porky's, but like in the arcade. You know what I mean? Ooh. Oh my god, I that's a no great combination. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's a crazy combination. <laughs> I love it. I will, I will try to look it up, uh, but I yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Oh gosh. Okay, you guys keep the talking, and I will find the name of the movie. Porky's, Porky's and Pinball. Porky's and Pinball. <laughs> so it was like Porky's in the arcade. You know what? I, honestly, um, we never got the answer from the other host. Oh, on, Nick. How did you get into like videos? like what was your first experience with arcade? You know, like arcade. So, and, uh, well, I mean, for me, it's funny because I don't remember. I can't. I mean, I didn't really experience arcades as much until I got to, um, so I got to uh, Florida because I live. I grew up in New York, um, yeah. but what I do remember because I what well, the games I used to play were in pizza shops. So I basically used to jump, jump like go to different pizza shops around my neighborhood to, and they have different games. Obviously, the the one that I used to, it's funny because you guys mentioned it was my favorite because it was the one that out of all the games that everybody had was my was the one I liked to play was uh. The Mario outside uh, the Mario was um, Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, like, yeah, there was yeah, one right next to my house, and it was just, I used to love, and it was funny because, it, it like, my parents didn't know I was going in there to play games. They just thought I was getting pizza, so I literally had to do that same calculation, like, well, how many slices can I get? <laughs> so how many quarters am I going to have left over to play? You know, stuff like that. Right. But the actual, my first console that I had was actually Atari, and it was yeah. the funniest thing in the world because I remember asking my parents for it, and they told me, oh, go to the back. It's in a box. And I'm like, I go to the back and I see a Black & Decker box. I'm like, why am, why am I looking at a Black & Decker box? <laughs> like, it's, you know, what, what am I going to get? And it was an Atari. And I think the first game, the only game I, I got to play on that before, because I, I only a couple months later, I think they gave me a, a Nintendo. But uh, the game I got to play on that was uh, uh, Pitfall. Oh, so you had the original 2600. Yeah. yeah. It was... Oh. Wow! Yeah, so did I. I had the twenty six. I I mean, I remember Christmas morning opening twenty six hundred. All of us, all of us were freaking out. We're like, ah, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's very cool. I had Pitfall. I, that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's the first console I ever had. What's all right? So this is a good question mm-hmm. leading into 
like a gift or anything. So a lot of the movies we're talking about movies. So we have like eight bit Christmas and then a Christmas story. What is a game that you got for Christmas that you like so hyped for that you like, I'm begging you to get this game for me and you ended up getting, or maybe later on in the in time or something like that. See, but the thing is, oh, uh, we're sorry, just I'll to answer uh, that question, but I did want I did want to real quick say the movie that I was talking that I was talking about before was uh, Joysticks, nineteen eighty. Oh yeah, Joysticks. And we had yes, we had, yes, we had, yes. had Raven Clark at the event. Yes. Um, and and again, uh, I would call it like Porky's meets meets the arcade. Um, but another movie that got that they introduced me, Freeplay introduced me to was um, Tilt with Brooke Shields. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so again, just 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 to kind of bookend that there's like i i call them game exploitation they were <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and i will say ping pong summer is on that level because it has nothing to do with the arcades but a large majority of the movie took place in arcades and a beachfront seaside you know snow cones and all that stuff so yeah so that that's a good point yeah what's crazy that's is i looked at i looked it up the ping pong summer and yeah I'm looking at the the pictures from. I literally didn't. I I thought it came out in the, the 1980s, like the way the characters are and the the Later all the visual. It looks legit, and I think it said it came out in in 2014. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's later than that. So it's, it, I'm telling you, it's a must watch <laughs> because it, it literally it literally captures that era. It's it does a good job of capturing that era, and uh, it's it's actually somewhat entertaining. I mean, yeah, it's goofy. We but, do, you know, you see some pretty cool games. No, yeah, no, we do have a uh, movie review episodes that we do, so we're adding those two. We're gonna add those two oh, to our cool. list: joysticks and tilt and uh, uh, ping pong yeah, summer. Ping summer. All three. So yeah, I don't know. Great. So talking about um, movies and all that, have you ever? Heard, do you guys watch animations like animated shows or TVs or movies? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So there's one on Netflix that's called High Score High Score Girl. It's an okay. anime. And it is the true depiction or love letter to fighting game fans. Okay. So it's it, it's high a school girl. high school girl, H I score girl. It's on Netflix. It's only I think it's about two seasons, and it follows this one character that he he tries to be the best Street Fighter ca- gamer or player there. He gets beat by a girl, so his whole ambition is to beat her. And they go on this back and forth, like love, like journey about falling in love for each other. But everything revolves around and his whole ambition and motivation is about fighting games or gaming in general. So it's like a true love letter to fighting games. And I'm like, anybody ever see like that enjoys fighting games or gaming itself or movies that have that mash together? I'm like, that's where you need to watch it, at least for once to just show it. And it's it's appreciative. You know, earlier you had mentioned something about just, you know, like, like we were talking about cosplay, but we we're also talking about like how I call it nerd adjacent. Like everything is like nerd adjacent, right? So yeah. Like when it's, right. You know, like comics, toys, video games, movies, stuff like that, right? And talking about like, you know, video games going into like a TV show or movie, right? Like we've had ups and downs with those. I will say like one show that I, I've never really played the game, to be honest with you. But I took a chance on it because I heard some good things and I absolutely love it was Arcane. This is a show? It's on Netflix. It's from League of Legends, Arcane. That's on Netflix. Oh, Arcane. Oh, yes. Arcane. Okay. The animation on that is beautiful. Storyline. The, the story, the emotion, the soundtrack is just beyond anything. So I watched it myself and my wife caught pieces of it. She was like, 
is this thing even telling? I was like, yes. And so she watched it and she was like, this is one of the best shows, like animated shows I've ever seen. It's phenomenal. I read somewhere that that show itself brought like a, a had an uptick of user of League of Legends users getting into the game to be like, oh, what is this about? And they enjoy oh, the the competitiveness and the team effort that you have to like. There's all like teamwork, individual yeah. perspective, and everything else with it that they enjoyed and they got into. It. And that's a lot of them that just came from the show going into that. And that's hard. And that's one thing that's hard to to transition from a video game to to a movie or a TV show, just because it's everybody already has a pre like written or scripted character that they gave to you, they fed to you for years. Like yeah. hate, like uh, Master Chief from Halo. You already have an envision of who he is and everything else from the games you play for like a decade. And he took his helmet off. Yes. Well, what <laughs> but you know, I mean, with those, I mean, there's always so much scrutiny and there's so many lenses on it, right? Because there's so many people that are involved in this world that have their opinions and, like you said, like have their ties to it. Um, you know. I, I'm 43, and I will say up until I saw Arcane, that my favorite thing that I had seen as far as a video game adaptation into any type of movie show and everything like that, like Mario Brothers, Castlevania, oh, okay. Castlevania <laughs> was just like that to me captured the essence and everything of that world that and the dynamic and everything, the music. I mean, it's just unreal, and like I'm so excited for the next phase of it with like. Uh, Richter Belmont and everything. Oh, that's that's right. oh yes. Yeah. I thought it was done. So that's right. Yeah, so I'm like stoked about it because like what it's supposed to be with Richter is you're tapping into the Rondo of Blood, um, cool. uh, Symphony of the Night era of yeah. the game and everything for storyline. So like it was just unreal what they did with that show. Well, we got a good Simon though. Trevor. Got Richter. No Simon. Nah. Yeah. Another good one, talking close enough to Castlevania was uh, The Witcher, which I enjoyed. For as a live action, so it's hard to animation. I can understand because they could stay close to the source material. Sure. Vi- visually, when it comes to live action, I guess they there there's limitations to it, and they try to work around that. But yeah, Witcher's one of them. But Castlevania is amazing. Yeah, I Witcher's definitely good. Unpopular opinion. Go for I it. Really, Go for I it. I really liked the Assassin's Creed movie, and I was really bummed that they did not do more of that because I enjoyed Michael Fassbender in that role. Ooh. Oh, he was great in the Alien series. So, oh, yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, for sure. You know, I really gotta. I gotta. I don't think I ever got to watch that movie, what which is weird because I love Assassin's Creed. I oh. did like, like, like you were mentioning earlier. Somebody's mentioning earlier about Valhalla. Yeah, I just literally finished Valhalla. He's great though. He's phenomenal in everything he does. I love that guy. He's he's good. I want to see him as a Magneto again. Let's throw it there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so let's let going right back around in um, free play was. Yeah, we went on major tangents. I know, I know, no, but we go back into it. (laughs) So we should do a full movie at free play. We should do a full documentary at free free play. Just follow somebody and just (laughs) tell document their whole experience on it. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think it'd be actually a good idea because free play is one of those things where. Uh, one of the struggles we always have is how do you explain the event to somebody? Because it's not it's like, hard. it's, not, it's, it's not a con. It's not a con. It's, it's, next, it's not it's a con. Expo. It's not a con. No. Um, nobody's making any money because we're all volunteers. It's all nonprofit. Love. It's all freaking love. And and, and and we should say probably while while we're actually on air, we probably should say 
you know, huge, huge thank you to all the game bringers because they, they contribute so much to the event. There is no event without without them. And these people, these are people who bring their games, the collections out just so that people can experience these games. And a lot of times I, and I, and I think everybody here can agree. One of the most gratifying things to see is when you have people who grew up with these games, showing the next generation, showing their kids, and in many cases, grandkids, um, sure. games, these games that they, they played. Yeah. And um, I'll, I, I mean, I don't know about these two. I don't really get any time on the games at this point, um, but I do get on the floor and I do get to see these people playing these games. And then that, if I'm not playing the games, um, at, at the very least, at the very least, I get to see the reaction of people playing the games. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. especially especially the next generation, because that's, that's the one thing we've pushed a lot with the event is like, you know, it would be very easy to get caught up in people who grew up with these games. Um, but it is so, so important for the longevity of the event to continue to bring new gamers in and bring, bring new, you know, aspects to the event and make the event um you know appeal to the more contemporary modern crowd um so i mean i it's it's it, it, that's to me is what makes free play special it, there's a couple oh i'm sorry go ahead buddy no no uh, uh brandon was saying brandon was saying touching something i wanted to add on to and it was he was saying that not only that you didn't get to experience but you get to see people's experience and that's a lot of, that's one thing and adding more getting younger generations to come in is one of the great things and that that's what i'm waiting for when i go is i'm going to go in and I know I'm going to run into a game that brought me back to my childhood, a core memory, like Inside Out, the movies. I'm going to I'm going to touch some of my bing bong yeah, yeah, and, and it's going to hit me hard. And then, well, my daughters are like almost two. But if once she gets older and this, this event evolves, I'm going to take her. And now she's going to I know she's going to have a core memory with herself being like, I played a game that my dad played when he was my age. And then yeah. you're just creating. And that's a great thing is not only that. You're providing a service and and the passion that everybody's bring the game bringers like like you said was you're creating memories or even re, reliving memories like if Leon never had that that um you know evil Knievel ping pong uh, pinball table and he would have ran into them and he's never been in like a, as a, a spectator oh, I, yeah I'd I'd lose my mind yeah so you're just creating so all these memories with the yeah so that's right. one thing I love about. What you guys are doing, and and Leon said best, you're not a con, you're 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 bringing a passion that you have to the masses, and for them to ex- re-experience, or for the for new sure. generation of people that have never experienced, and there's gonna be people like I never got to play Nintendo because my parents couldn't afford it, or I was mm-hmm. I, I had limitations of where I got to, and they could go there and play it and enjoy and learn the history of all these games and consoles and retro consoles games cabinets pinballs everything you have with it there there's there's not a year that i haven't been involved that somebody i don't hear it or somebody comes up to me or i hear somebody say like repeat what somebody said and and i I hear a couple things almost every year the first one is i never knew this existed (laughs) yeah that's which, which, which is probably the number one that everyone, all of us, Brandon, Marcy, everybody hears. It's like, I never knew this existed. Like, in other words, I thought this was dead 25 years ago and I'm here. I paid, you know, a couple of bucks and I'm standing in the middle of, of this. That's number one. Number two is I used to play this when I was in college 
or I used to play this when I was in high school, or I used to play this when I was 10 years old riding my bike to the arcade. That's the second thing I hear most. So, you, you know, as a collector myself, I've been collecting for over 20 years. Um, I get intense enjoyment in seeing people line up to play my games. I, I, I get a huge like heart that just, I love to see it. It, because at that moment, they're playing the game that I love to play that's literally in my house that I brought for you to play. Mm-hmm. I literally am in their shoes, and they're playing that game. So, I, you know, 100%, this is, this is a community effort, and our goal is to educate, is to expose people to the fact that this is a viable and, and uh, breathing, living thing that we love and are passionate about every day of our lives, and you're welcome to come and be involved in this with us. So that that's literally 100% the purpose of the show is to say, this is what we enjoy, this is what we love, and we want you to come have fun with us. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what the whole show is about. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. No, it is. And 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 from being a volunteer to, to spectator, I, I could 100% agree on that. Yeah, I mean, there's that's that, I think that's what keeps people coming back. I mean, even, I'm, I'm not even talking just attendees, but just, volunteers in general and, and 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 you know to speak volumes into the whole like you know how it grows how it organically grows it's not yeah. and i said it earlier it's not us being this crazy evangelical trying to bring new people in they just find it they find it and then they want to be a part of it you know like uh one thing we haven't mentioned that i i am a huge fan of and it's actually the only machine i spend any time on at the event now is the moldorama machines moldomatics yeah oh well, yeah we have we have my buddy Tim who who he's he there's what there's two people in the country who literally work on these machines and he's one of them he happens to live in Florida not too far from, from me right but we have to ask do you guys know what Moldorama is no yep no educate us please okay. I want to I want right. to that's the way the okay. way brand is sold I'm like I want to know now I'm doing this <laughs> all right so so okay, I'll, I'll repeat myself I'm 53 and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when when I was a wee boy, um, you could not go anywhere in Florida, whether it was the Serpentarium, whether it was Parrot Jungle, whether it was um, anywhere in Kissimmee, uh, Cypress Gardens, Bush Gardens. It doesn't matter where you were. There was these these devices that you could throw 50 cents in and it would it would literally make. <laughs> they're showing them on the screen. I know our listeners can't hear, can't yeah. see it. <laughs> they would literally make these these molded plastic things called Moldorama. And I've, I'm I'm literally to the right of me. I've got uh, one, two, three. I got five or six of them. As a kid, I had dozens of these lined up yeah. from all of the places we used to visit as a kid. So this company is is just south of me in Polk County, and um, it's a family owned company, and they created these. Um, hot wax molded things and they would make custom molds depending on where they're at. And they were literally across the country. I mean, they were yeah. it was a huge thing for you. The, epi- to the epicenters, to- the epicenters are Florida and Chicago. And then it's yeah. spread out from there. You'll see yeah. them in other locations. For sure. So you can go in, you can go to these places like, you know, the penny things where you like put the penny yeah. in and, yeah, and it flags it. Okay. It's it's a similar thing in the sense where, where they would be located in places all across SeaWorld. They would be located all across the state of Florida. Wiki-wiki. 
every yeah wikiwachi every one of them was unique mm-hmm. so so they created these things and um so of course you know things evolve and that like, kind of falls out of fashion and what have you and all this good stuff but the company still exists the family still exists so they come here to our and we're so blessed to have these yeah. guys come to our show man because these things are so cool and it's literally americana it's americana yeah. at its finest and you, you for free i don't even think they do they charge but you know he does charge stuff but the money always goes to a charity yeah so oh, that's awesome so so come to the show and you can give them a dollar i mean 50 cents i don't even know it doesn't even matter and they will literally like you can see this machine this this thing closes this the steel thing closes and this hot injected mold comes you know you can see the stuff flow through yeah. and then it spits out this thing that takes you back to 1972 yeah. <laughs> it, it, literally it literally takes you back to 1972 it is, it is legitimately and and I only know this because uh while I don't know a ton about the arcade I'm a crazy crazy world's fair like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like obsession. Um, so, so the Moldorama started in '62 for the Seattle World's Fair. That was the first time it showed up, and then blew up, absolutely blew up at the '64, '65 World's Fair in in New York. And um, yeah, I mean, they're just they're injected molded. That's Disney dope. did them. Disney did them at the events. Uh, uh, yeah, Disney. Yep. Sinclair Oil did them at the events. Yeah. Sinclair Oil was actually the most popular one. And all it is is like like Leon said, injected plastic wax blows Hot air wax. The machine. in a couple minutes and makes it souvenir it makes a toy for you um but i think the thing where if once you experience it the thing that makes it nostalgic is 100 <laughs> the smell of these things getting made you smell, yes. the, the, you smell plastic <laughs> wax cooking outside these things and then you just can't get enough of it and it will it will retain its smell yeah. for a little bit afterwards <laughs> and, and it is I will, I will tell you this. I'm So Tim is a good buddy of mine. He's going to actually, he's volunteered to bring three machines out to the event this year, which is great. He wants to do a space mold. He wants to do a monster mold and he wants to do nice. a, a dinosaur mold. Oh, and that's awesome. So he's volunteered to bring three of them out to the event this year and all the money will go to an old, there's, there's a gentleman in our community, um, a, a guy who used to work on the arcade games and his house recently burnt down. So um, the money's going to go to him. So, and we love charities by the way. At our event. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, but man, oh man, I'll tell you as, as you know, I talked about being locked up in the, uh, escape room for 30 minutes. The only, the only other thing that get, brings my anxiety level down at the event, I will literally go by the molder, moldomatic machines and just breathe in all of that. Like, <laughs> the fumes. And by the way, it probably kills brain cells. <laughs> it gives me such a level of my anxiety level coming down and getting myself level. Um, so if you've not experienced these, and it still is, I mean, because of the way the machines are, we the reason that we brought them into the event is because it still fits into the whole kind of concept Absolutely. of oh, for op- sure, coin-operated uh, machinery, um, yeah. and and so it fits right into the arcade world. It's not only coin-operated; it's also Florida. I mean, they're based yeah. out of Florida. They started yeah. out of Florida, and 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 we're definitely we encompass everything that you know involves that type of um, coin-operated stuff and. You know, I mean, they are the quintessential thing that we we love. Yep. So, you know, uh, if, if you if you want a piece of history, honestly, and and I mean, I'm trying to sell here, but if you want a piece of history, at least come to the show to get the three moldomatics that yes. are going to be there because you will. I I do believe they still operate. The last I talked to him a year ago, 
um, they do have a couple operating machines that are still out there. Oh yeah, yeah. If you want to hunt them down, that's fine. But if you he want, actually, to get... it's it's a, it's a growing trend. He actually. Oh, okay, cool. So Halloween Horror Nights at Universal, yeah. he literally has four yes. mach, four machines in it, and and three of the machines, at least three of the machines, are Universal literally um, licensed new molds. They had new molds made awesome. for Halloween wow. and stuff like that, and awesome. they're they're wonderfully it's, it's... vintage looking. Um, and, and and I'm just I'm so I'm so pleased awesome. that it's something that is. You know, it, it's it's regaining its notoriety. It's regaining its nostalgia for people. And even like someone who like me who didn't grow up in an area where they were common. Yeah. And I grew up didn't grow up in an area like I didn't grow up in an era where they were super common. Um, I get the nostalgia for it, and it's a lot. It goes a lot back into like what we we're talking about the gaming when your kids get to play these games for the first time. For sure. And they yeah. kind of learn. They, they, there's a, what would you call it? It's a, not a vicarious nostalgia, but it's something that kind of can transcend sure. generations and you can actually inherit that level of nostalgia from other people who grew up with this stuff. So my first experience with it, and I forgot about it for years, is I, like I said, I grew up in Virginia Beach and and Richmond, Virginia, or outside of Richmond, Virginia, there's an area called King's Dominion and they had a Hanna-Barbera land. And they had the Molinomatics there and they had like a Yogi Bear. Mm -hmm. And I remember the smell and it brought me immediately back. So my first time going to FPF, like I smelled this. I'm like, this smells <laughs> like childhood, you know? Yeah. It's like opening up like an old comic book. You know the scent, right? Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, you get that immediate it's, and everything from yeah. it. So since then, like, you know, my, my first one that I got is, uh, you know, was, was Br'er Rabbit and everything like that. And then in the Sinclair dinosaur. Now every year I'm there, I'm just like, I'm looking to get all of them. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not anything for like, you know, I'm trying to collect them for resale value or anything like that. It's just I yeah. legit just want these. And like they're, they're awesome cool. and and all. And and it's yeah, they, they bring them out and it is one of the one of my favorite things about the event. It's it's a not it's something you cannot miss. If you're coming to free play at this point, you need to experience it. You need to, to, to hook up with these. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, uh, my kids are now uh, 28, 26, turning twenty seven and twenty nine. And I actually took them to Miami um, to go to Para Jungle and Sea World and, and Monkey Jungle and all those places. And uh, there were still a few back when they were really little, four, three, four, five years old. And they got to experience the whole thing where you pop in the quarters and it molds and it, <laughs> it's all sweating, like everything's sweating because it's hot mold, but it's all chilled. So it cold and, you know, so it forms and, and they got to experience that whole thing when they were really little. And I'm sure somewhere in their boxes, they probably have some really old ones. So it's, it's really cool. So if you definitely it's a generational thing and it's americana at its best and it's florida at its best and i'm, I'm a floridian uh, i was born and raised in miami um brandon are you from buffalo i'm from buffalo and buffalo. i do think it's one of those things that i think it's it's so funny because you guys would have grown up with it so you would have thought you know how it is like there's things that you grew up with in your area that are regional and you just assume that everybody grew up with yeah. it. that's not <laughs> well, the case agreed. yeah for sure for sure you guys grew up with this and Jason's you know, in Virginia so yeah so it's it's Americana and it's Florida and they're here now in Florida so yeah I I, I concur anybody who's here in Florida I mean it's it's a piece of history that you can have and you can present on your you know in your shelves with all your other stuff that you love and and endear and uh I mean what what better way to do it than at FPF yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, man, it's great. So we'll just touch on it right now before we head out. It is November 18th through the 20th at the Caribe Royale Orlando. Uh, you could go to freeplayflorida.com, if I think I wrote that right, to get all your information, buy your tickets, uh, find out the events, go see Space Coast Live, get those molds, go to the cosplay concert, eat, meet and greet all the indie developers, and I'm going to go meet Warren Davis. I'm not telling you. For Hell sure. yes. And if there's an escape room, I'm going to try to get him with me to do an escape room. <laughs> I'm calling. I'm say trying hello, to say hello to Walter Day too, because Walter Day is the sweetest guy in the world. Walter Day, yes. Yeah, go say Walter Day will be there. Say hello to Walter Day. He loves to have uh, people come up and and say hello and talk and and he just he's he's a salt of the earth type of guy. So please yeah. see Walter Day. He he loves he loves all of our fans. Yeah, yeah. All right. So before we head out, I want to say thank you guys so much for joining us and talking about Free Play Florida, gaming, gaming history, our involvement, our introduction into the gaming world. Yeah. All right, guys. And anything else you want to add to that? Just, just next time you just want to shoot the shit and talk gaming, you feel free to send us a line anytime because we can go on for yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm, yes. I'm down for doing that. Whenever you <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, I'm good. I'm good for all that and then some. I mean, you. We, I mean, I, I love. I think we're all all what one, two, three, four, five, five of us. <laughs> yeah, we, we have the gift of gab. So yeah, if you if you uh, if you're interested, yeah, we we're good to talk anytime all right guys so thank you so much for tuning into the latest episodes from my mom's garage as always you can find us on twitter instagram or facebook and tiktok at from my mom's garage or emails at ffmmgpodcast at gmail.com and like always send a friend bring a friend tell a friend see you next week <laughs>